You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. All right, well, we're here for the uh, season two wrap-up, Shank. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Well, now, last episode, you said it wasn't hard for you to believe. But I don't know. I, it, it is kind of hard to believe, actually. So if you're out there, we've got uh, two great guests today. Your guests are actually your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Uh, <laughs> we thought we'd cover this topic on ourselves by ourselves and have a little wrap up of of the season. And um, we do appreciate all the all the followers that that we have, and for some of the feedback we've been getting. If you want to uh, send us anything, you can email us at freedom at alcoholicsalive dot com, or you can hit us up on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and we listen to smoke signals as well. <laughs> uh, Shank, what's our topic today? Our topic today is, are pamphlets necessary? No. So mm. since we've spent an entire season, 11 episodes, kind of breaking down, having guests on for specific pamphlets. Um, we're going to see if we think they're necessary. Okay. Uh, kind of like some of that shrapnel, I guess. Little bit of the shrapnel easing its way in. Yep. Going to uh, see if we should keep some of these pamphlets or maybe scrap them. Um, I think the idea is why I kind of wanted to do like a wrap up or just kind of explore like other pamphlets we didn't use. We personally, I don't think we use like super controversial pamphlets. So, right. we'd like for us to do that. I guess we could in an episode, but just going over and reading several of the pamphlets that are available, there are so many. And going through and reading them and realizing that they kind of all say the same thing, but the language has changed. Right. Which to me, it seems like it's really unnecessary to do. Yes, yes, I would agree. It's it's um if you have any if you want us to cover some other pamphlets that we've not let us know, we'll we're happy to do it. We're happy to get a guest that might identify with that type of a pamphlet. Well, my um, problem is with certain pamphlets is it's like is someone supposed to walk into an AA meeting and I immediately judge that person based on the way they look? And say, you know what, I think that I should hand you the AA for Native American, the Native North American, mm-hmm. so that you can feel comfortable here. Like, I'm already making a judgment of that person saying, well, you're probably not going to feel comfortable or welcome here, which at my home group would not be the case. Right. And then say, yeah. before you read the big book, before you're able to get sober, you need to read this other thing. Before yep. you can do what I did, which was just read the book and do what it says and have a sponsor. Yeah. I know that some of those pamphlets were designed to help people feel welcomed or to help them overcome their 
so-called differences. But to your point, it does seem like it actually creates separation. If you're you're immediately like trying to figure out what somebody's genetics or lifestyle or religion are, and then you're going to say, "Oh, we got a pamphlet for you." Mm-hmm. It seems to me that that creates separation, and it kind of feeds our you know desire to think we're different or unique, instead of just, "Hey, you're welcome. You're an alcoholic." Right. That's what we focus on. We help alcoholics, regardless of what your lifestyle, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your religion or lack of religion. And those were the things that were already like learned the first 10, 15 years of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's why they wrote the traditions. And if a member in a group is practicing those traditions, those differences don't matter. We're going to help people because they're alcoholic. Yeah, it's. uh it's interesting. Well, one thing that I found interesting throughout my sobriety, you know, I got sober. No one gave me any special accolades or otherwise because I was incarcerated. The women that brought the meetings in, the majority of them were just like, hey, this is an AA meeting. We're going to treat it like one. It's just held in a correctional facility. Great. You know, for an hour a day, I felt like I was part of the real free world because these women were taking their time to come in and they didn't treat anyone any differently, even the people that were not there for the right reasons. Yeah. And I just find it interesting, um, which I think in our episode on the corrections pamphlet, you know, Dwight said the same thing. You know, I'm not sober today because of because I was incarcerated. I'm not sober today because of the rehabs I went to, because of pamphlets, because of any of that. It's because I had a big book and I worked the 12 steps even when I didn't understand what I was doing. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking when I got, I mean, when I got here, I was young. I had just gotten out of the armed forces. And was a, you know, a suicide survivor three times. And I mean, I felt different. I felt, I felt goofy, but no one gave me a pamphlet for young people. No one gave me a pamphlet for being in the armed forces. They just welcomed me. They didn't even like draw attention to any of that stuff. They just said, Hey, you got a problem with drinking? We're, we're here to help you. And I was introduced to the solution in, right in, in our books. And it was like, you know, I don't know, wasn't a, de- wasn't a, wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. It was like, hey, we're here to help you. I'm grateful for that. One of the things I love about AA is it's not government. It's not uh, my HOA. It's not my job. Like, I walk into AA and we're all equals. Like, you may be smarter than me in a lot of service areas. So if I need help, I can ask you for that. If I need help doing anything within AA, there is someone that I can find that may have less sobriety than me or more sobriety than me who's going to have the answers. Yes. You know, like, it's it's an even playing field. We all have alcoholism. Yep. There are a million other things going on. I just love that no matter it's it's not only like no matter how long you've been sober, but it's no matter any of the other 
outside or inside indicators of who you are as a person or who you may not be as a person. Yep. The person with one day sober has the same vote as the person with 30 years sober. That's correct. Even if they don't know what the heck they're talking about. That's right. You're included. No matter what. Like, it's so frustrating to me in a lot of service structures, areas. Like, I get frustrated, but I'm always brought down back to level when it's like Alcoholics Anonymous is a place where you show up. You're an alcoholic. Nothing else matters, and you still have just as much say as anyone else. Like, as frustrating as it is to see someone who knows nothing vote on something, like, that is what makes it so amazing. Yes. Yep. Yep. Well, and that's what the, uh, you know, the tradition, the first and second tradition say, that we we all have a vote, right? We're all equal no one person is in a position of authority over another right we're here to serve not to govern and it's it's a great thing and i think that that's most people that recover they recover because somebody just helped them right they didn't they didn't focus on differences and they didn't focus on things that really had nothing to do with with alcoholism now with that being said we do know that um, there are a lot of good pamphlets. There are. Yep. That specifically talk about topics that are important or relevant to all alcoholic members. Um, there are um, there are some that are very specific that, to, to, in, just in my estimation, they, they tend to either not be necessary or they're repetitive. Here's a funny thing. So if you look at the, uh, I have to say this. So we've got a pamphlet called This is AA. <laughs> we also have a pamphlet called Is AA for You? We also have a pamphlet called Is AA for Me? Now, I don't know what the difference is in those two. Or actually, I do. There's really no difference. Then we've got one called A Brief Guide to AA. Then there's one called Frequently Asked Questions About AA. Then we have one called AA at a Glance. <laughs> Then there's one called 44 Questions. And that's meant to be comical, but when you read them, I mean, they all may have a little different flavor or slant, but they all basically say the same thing. And I'm I'm wondering why we would spend so much time debating and arguing over pamphlets and writing pamphlets that are repetitive. It just seems like that time could be spent better trying to help an alcoholic directly one-on-one or improving our relationship with the outside community or the public. Probably a lot of time, a lot of money spent on, on those pamphlets. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, it's just, it's interesting that we think a lot of times we think more is better and that we just got to constantly be doing things that really just aren't helpful. I, I'm glad that no one handed me all of these pamphlets when I walked through the door. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I have a high school education. I I went to trade school. I'm not dumb by any means. But when I arrived to Alcoholics Anonymous, I was so spiritually, mentally, physically bankrupt, you know, and – If you had said you need to read all of this, 
to see if you want to be here, if if you think you need to be here, if you're an alcoholic, if you're not, is it for you, is it for me, share this with your family, do all these things. I mean, I can't say whether I would have stayed or not. Maybe yeah. I would have, but I feel like that would have been some kind of a barrier for me. Like, well, now I have to study, I have to read all this crap, you know, like. Yeah. I didn't need that. I had people share with me, take me to coffee, show up early to the home group, say, hey, show up at this time and set up. And it was someone that had, you know, a year to 30 years of sobriety, quote, helping me set up the meeting, but really telling me about their alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah, they just shared their experience with you and said, come along with us. Yes. Yeah. Simple and and basic and easy. The way you set up those chairs sucks. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Your coffee sucks. This is weak. It's funny. I used to set up chairs in a group, and this old guy would come in every time. He would rearrange them or, like, move them around. You do that now. And now I do it. (laughs) You are that guy. A hundred percent. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, and I I do vacillate back and forth of whether all of these are needed or not. I would be interested to hear people's experience if one of these pamphlets or multiple of these have helped them and have allowed them to grow closer to God. Yeah. Well, I can tell you I've done my own little survey. Okay. Of just people that I know and people that I've helped and it was unanimous that none of them have read those pamphlets. So just as an, I mean, as an example, I've talked to some African Americans, Native Americans. I was in the armed forces. I've talked to some other folks that are currently in the military. I sponsor some uh, gay people. I know a few transgenders, and none of them have read those pamphlets. And it seems that the ones that actually stay in the program, and I mean, I know this is going to be controversial to people listening, but people that stay in the program and actually recover and go on to help other people, they'll tell you that they didn't want to feel different. They didn't want people drawing their their differences out. Now, certainly they had fears and insecurities, but that was dealt with one-on-one with a sponsor or with with other AA members, you know, later, but they didn't want to feel, you know, be, be kind of singled out or drawn attention to when they got here. And that's, that's a, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and I mean, none of them have used those pamphlets. Well, and guess what? At 10 years sober, I still have fears and insecurities. Correct. And usually when I walk into my home group and we go out to dinner, you know, we help set up the meeting. I don't, I don't get there at 3 PM, but you know, we're all together. We're trying to help each other grow. Usually those things in my day where I'm feeling insecure or fearful about, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 It's mostly just noise in our head. Yeah. So So I, I, if that could go away with the pamphlet, I mean, sign me up. I'll start writing them. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, read a pamphlet every day. Yep. 
So we have a little bit of um, a, a loose timeline of some pamphlets. So the best that I could research and find is that the first one was the Jack Alexander article. Um, now, it is P12. Yeah. So I think that it was kind of an unofficial pamphlet. People really wanted to read the article early on in AA. This says 1941. So I think when it was adopted by the conference, you know, it was renamed, and then it was P12. Yeah. Now, if you're listening, there were we know there were pamphlets that were written in it. Leaving an Akron area that came yes. out before this one. Um, we've heard that there was some debate or some animosity between New York and the Ohio area on those pamphlets, but um, we think this was the first one that came out of the, the the office in New York. Yeah. The Jack Alexander article. It should be required reading for everybody. <laughs> I I didn't read it until I was probably like six or seven years sober, and yep. that was around the time, really, when I read several of the pamphlets where there was a meeting around town that was having meetings based around different pamphlets, and me and another young lady were asked to present the one on corrections. I don't remember which one, but so I was like, oh. Okay, let me check it out, which I knew that it existed. Had I ever read it all the way through, I can't say. But then I was like, well, look at all these other ones. Yeah. You know, this meeting, uh, still, it met at our local intergroup office. And I was like, well, let me just kind of check out what other ones there are. And I was like, wow, there there are really a lot of these pamphlets. Um, so... Around that time, I think, is when I read the Jack Alexander pamphlet, yeah. which seems a little crazy. It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good article. Very good article. I found it interesting that problems other than alcohol was 1958. Whoa, you mean that's not a new issue? That is not a new issue. God, you would think so if you listen to some people talk. That is not. A new issue. The best that I can can uh, understand, I guess, is that it was not as widely talked about like other issues than alcohol, and it was just known and respected in Alcoholics Anonymous that you talked about your alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, and that I think they took that pamphlet from a Grapevine article that Bill wrote. Mm. Yeah. Several of them. Uh, from what I could find, were taken from Grapevine articles. Right. So there were problems other than alcohol. Yeah. Forever, not, since the beginning not, of time. Yeah. We tend to repeat history, and we're kind of taught to not have to do that if we will rely on the, the past history. But I think you'll find that with a lot of the issues that we think are new today with whether it's young people or women or alternative lifestyles coming into thought. None of it's new. There might be more of it, but it's not. They're not new issues. You can go back and read the that that uh, GSO prints that uh, the advisory actions mm-hmm. of every conference. When you go back and read some of those things, like in the fifties and sixties, they're they're arguing and debating over the same issues that we're arguing and debating over today. 
There's, it's just nothing. It's just not new. My personal favorite is the member's eye of you on AA. I think that came out in, what, 68, 67? Something around that time. And I guess that the member's eye view has been quite controversial for a long time. Yes, they've been trying to – there's a portion of fellowship that's been trying to get it canceled for um, a number of years. It was even debated at the last conference, and they decided to, to keep it going. So if you've not read that one, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that I guess later here. But it's a it's a very good pamphlet. Yeah, I've liked that one. Um, a lot of these are ones that we have used in our episodes. Some of them are just ones that are kind of notable. So next we have, do you think you're different? And it was retitled to, so you think you're different? From that. Um, in 76. 76. So how long ago was that? That was a while. 40, 50. Oh no, crap. That's, how long? That's a long time ago. So people thought they were different back, back in the 70s, huh? They did. (laughs) Uh, You would, you would think that one pamphlet, about do you think you're different, write that to cover all types of races, religions, genders, uh, lifestyles, whatever it would be, that one pamphlet would be sufficient for our fellowship instead of singling, instead of singling people out. Uh, that's interesting. We covered and that pamphlet, didn't we? We yeah. did. In 88, we had AA and correctional facilities. Yep. And we also, around that time, um, had, this is AA, it was a little bit before that, and the 44 questions. They wanted illustrated flyers for those. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Right. Okay. Um, and then we get into 1989. Jerry, are you class of 1989? I got sober in 1989. <laughs> the class of 89. Uh, so they knew Jerry was getting sober. Yep. And created all of these other pamphlets just to be yep. sure. Should he take any direction of trying to feel different, he would be able to be here. They got me covered on all of <laughs> all of them, man. They, the, the Native Americans and correction facilities. They uh, had the gay, they, lesbian, alcoholic. Yeah, eighty nine that came out. Yeah. Um. You know which. It's not to single one anyone out. I want anyone who suffers from alcoholism to be able to get sober in any way that works for them. Some people, yes. I know this is hard to believe, but there are people that can get sober in other ways than Alcoholics Anonymous. 
Yeah. That's it's right. not me. <laughs> right. I'm not, you know, delusional and thinking I could just leave and do something else. Yeah. Um, but I've seen people along the way who can go and do other things, other 12-step programs, or they can just kind of put it down. They have consequences. They can go to church. They can get religion. Like, I love yeah, we, that our book tells us that. Yep, it tells us to encourage them, too. And we don't have the monopoly on God. That's exactly right. So, okay, 89, you know, apparently they needed Native North American gay, lesbian, carrying the message into correctional facilities. And even though I was incarcerated, that pamphlet was never given to me. Yeah. Is it interesting that someone who was seven years sober – like kind of presenting or talking about it at a meeting. Yes, that was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Do I suggest that people like try to get a blue card and go into a prison and, you know, yield having all of the pamphlets and extra materials? No. Big books. Yep. Big book and people sharing their experience. But on a side rant, a few years ago, Oh, my gosh, I'd forgotten about this. A few Uh-oh. years ago, someone in the fellowship wanted a breakdown of what we were taking into the prison. Fine. I have no problem with that. I can tell you what it was. Big books. Big books. Big books. <laughs> now, some of the women would request, um, you know, like a, a daily reflection. So we had one for the meeting. Uh-huh. Some wanted 12 and 12. Um, if they wanted a 12 and 12, I would bring some in there. Fine. Big books. Yeah. Because uh, if someone comes to the meeting and doesn't have a big book, you give them the big book. And it was this whole entire thing that blew up, like, well, why aren't you giving them living sober? Well, they probably need, you know, whatever, this other thing. Why don't you give them? Wallet cards of the 12 steps and 12 traditions and serenity prayer. Well, they would probably really like to have a bookmark or da 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 da. And I'm like, you know. Yep. Thank you for the suggestion. Please go away. (laughs) (laughs) Big book. So I do sometimes feel as though it's people with the best intentions. It really is. Like maybe they have a family member, a sponsee, someone that is incarcerated who's complaining that they don't get enough literature to feel like they're really getting sober. I know I felt that way. I felt like I wasn't doing things the right way. Right. You know, I felt like I was missing out on so much. Turns out I was not. You were not. Well, here's a question. So how – I mean, the people that are locked up, I mean, they're all – you know, uneducated and they haven't, they can't read above a fifth grade level. So how do they read the big book? Oh, that's right. We got a plain language book coming out for, that's right. Uh, oh yeah, my God. for the, for those folks. Sorry. I, I regress here. If y'all want an episode on the plain language big book, email I'm us. I'm in. I'm in. We have a lot to say about it. 
the, here's the thing. There are, I know this is also hard to believe, there are people who are incarcerated that are not alcoholics or drug addicts who have never had a problem with drugs and alcohol. I was shocked when I got there. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought everyone was going to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. Yep, it is, they're not. That is not the case. There are they're some not all very uneducated either. Well-educated people. Yep. Incarcerated. Yep. yep. Everything you have out in society, you have inside a prison. Oh, my gosh. Yep. You don't have to go there to find that out either. Take my word for it. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm grateful for your experience. <laughs> so, I digress, but in 89, we have gay, lesbian, alcoholic, Native North American. There were several others. We had carrying the message into correctional facilities. Um, is AA for me? One of Jerry's personal favorites in uh-huh. the 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That should be the only one you use since it was. Is AA for me? I love it. I, I like the other one. Is AA for you? You, me. So yeah. these AA issues was... have been around, but that also leads me to believe that there were Native North Americans, gay, lesbian, alcoholics, in Alcoholics Anonymous. There were alcoholics who were inside the walls. There were alcoholics who were wondering, is AA for me? Yep. So this is where I get kind of divided. If there was a need in 1989, then that means that most likely, I would like for it to mean that there, we were well represented of a segment of our community. That's correct. Yeah. It would seem that all these things are new issues or that, you know, we bring them up and there really aren't. I mean, a lot of this stuff has, was addressed and has been addressed. And I don't know. I guess that the human or the alcoholics need to just continually, you know, do stuff and to make, make themselves look busy or think they're doing something. I don't know. Maybe that's why they, we keep doing it. I, I, I don't know. I know a lot of Native Americans. That are sober. They've never read that pamphlet. And I'm not talking uh, want to be a part-time Native Americans. I'm talking about folks that live on reservations. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't read that pamphlet. Of course not. So 2001, we have AA for the older alcoholic, which replaced Time to Start Living, which was 1979. So by 2001, I guess people did not know Time to Start Living was directed towards older alcoholics, so they needed to rename it to say AA for the older alcoholic. Like, hey, you hearing aid wearing guy, gal, this is for you. Isn't that something, though? What a great title the other one was, Time to Start Living. That is a great title. That's a great title. Yeah. And they changed it. Specifically, if you drank for 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. There's life after alcohol if you're old. There was a woman in Southern Pines who, you know, I don't know, maybe a time I gave a talk out there or something, she she had to have been in her 80s late 70s, early 80s, and she was like, she got a year sober, and I spoke that night, and she was so excited, and like every year around her sobriety day, I don't know if she's still sober, but 
she would like reach out to me and be like, Oh, can you speak at a meeting that's like around this area? Cause I just like hearing you on my anniversary date. And that's not like a call to me. I didn't do anything, but it was so cool to like be able to relate to her, even though our stories were nothing alike. Yeah. One of the beauties of the program. That's so cool. Yes. She was a very fashionable, like, I mean, she was dressed to the nines lady living out there near the golf course. Right. But, like, man, that was so cool to me. We also, in 2001, had Can AA Help Me Too? Black African Americans share their stories. So, you know, I mean, we had Kim on for Do You Think You're Different? So, you. Yep. Yeah, do you think you're different? It wasn't necessarily for that reason. It's because I kind of knew her story. But I just personally, I guess this is my opinion, don't feel like it's necessary to pinpoint out something about someone to the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, that is how they felt. But the do you think you're different pamphlet covers that. It does cover it. And again, doing stuff like that kind of follows society, and we were we were supposed to be kind of shielded from that with our traditions. Yeah. Right. We already had the experience of, hey, if you treat people different and you don't allow them to, to come in regardless of what their problems are, then you're denying them the chance of saving their life if they're alcoholic. And that's why the traditions were written. The traditions are perfect, perfect in their the way they are. They are. We don't need to add to or take away. So we, we already welcomed everybody. Everybody was welcomed here to get help if they were alcoholic. That's the thing that we share. And so, I mean, it's just, it's strange to me that, and I know that I'm not naive to know that there aren't members and even groups that probably do exclude either indirectly or directly. And they probably don't welcome everybody, and that's sad to me. But if you go to one of those places, there's, there are people and groups that don't do that. Yeah. Right? And a, and a pamphlet and constantly pointing people's differences out, I just don't think it's helpful personally. So I, the other thing I would say about that is that the what the first black guy got sober in early 40s started a group, and then there were – you know, I mean, African-Americans and even Native they've been recovering for years. And there, there's been stories in the back of our book to cover that. I mean, so I mean, that was one of the reasons for the story section of the book was so it could be changed over time to reflect members and to reflect maybe changes in membership. And I think the book's done a good job of that. I feel like in the fifth edition, there's going to be an asterisk for every story, or there's going to be like a, a no doubt prologue page, like, oh, this person was black or whatever, gay or young or old when they got sober or had been incarcerated or their parents paid for an attorney so they didn't have to get incarcerated. Like, yep. how far do you take it? It's a good question. This person was in a wheelchair, wore a hearing aid, didn't have money, was rich as all get out. You know, where does it stop? Yeah. Well, it doesn't, as you can tell. 
I mean, I can see differences in myself and other people all day long. And when it comes down to it, I find it interesting in Alcoholics Anonymous that people will say, you don't look like you were in prison. And I'm like, no one really, like, looks like we should be here at this point. Yeah. When I first showed up, yeah, I looked pretty terrible. Yep. But. <laughs> yep. I sponsored a, I, it's not, not completely off topic. I sponsored a guy that was incarcerated. This was back in the early 90s. He was black, he was Muslim, and he was incarcerated. And I sponsored him, and and I was like the first volunteer that this prison let come in outside of, like, the meeting to actually one-on-one sponsor a guy. And I, I worked him through the steps one-on-one in an actual, like, the lieutenant's office. Wow. And, you know, we'd never had any real conversation about him being black, about him being Muslim, about him being incarcerated. It was one alcoholic helping another alcoholic. And we did a third step together on our knees. And I'm not, you don't have, that's not required. If you listen, this is just what happened with me and him. And he said a prayer and I said a prayer. And there was no, there was no separation or friction. he said what he needed to say, and I said what I needed to say, and it all worked out fine. The guy's still sober. That's awesome. He's he, Yeah, I mean, so the difference is they kind of they disappear in AA. Yeah. So. Which is kind of the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And so you can take all those pamphlets that we just – that, that kind of point out differences in people. And other than about the first two paragraphs of them, they all say the same thing. They do. The terminology has changed, you know, like um, in several of them. And I think it's to, I don't know, uh, I want to say speak to people on their level. But I think that that is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. You know, to me, it just reminds me of when women will get their blue card, go into the prison, and all of a sudden they're talking about how, you know, oh, well, I almost went to prison or I used to stick a needle in my arm or whatever. And I'm like, stop trying to be hard. Just come in here and share what you you would share at your home group. Yeah. You don't need to, like, start cursing. You don't need to try to use their language and lingo. and. Prison vernacular. Don't do yep. that. Yep. They know how to do that. Yep, that's right. Yeah. You ever? The other thing is, a lot of those folks that do have so-called differences, if they have really recovered, when they share in a meeting or even they tell their story, those differences aren't a big deal. They don't even really bring them up. Yeah. They just, yeah, they just tell their story. So I'm so, sure it's not the case for every single person that has felt different or who, I don't know, maybe wants something specifically geared towards them. I do know that those people are out there. I know that my experience is not everyone's experience. But what I love is an Alcoholics Anonymous, I can show up and I don't have to, you know, 
I don't have to tell every single person when I meet them, I've been to prison. I'm a felon for life. I didn't have a driver's license for this amount right. of time or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm so glad that I don't have to do that. Now, if you're a member of my home group, everyone rolls their eyes because I every share is something about being incarcerated, right? But <laughs> uh, they're like, yeah, we know. Oh, my gosh, shut up. But I'm so glad that it, it's, it is not that way. Because I felt bad and different enough and, you know, like I had really, like I deserved to be under the prison, quite frankly, for what I had done. And no one in AA treated me that way. Right. So if you're wondering if you need pamphlets or not or if they're necessary, we'll let you make that decision. Um, But know that a lot of the, there are some really good pamphlets. And then there are some that appear to be repetitive and unnecessary, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you look at the time and the, the the effort that the fellowship spends debating it. And I, I would even argue that some of them, they, they're so divisive and they create so much kind of conflict in the fellowship, us debating it and deciding whether we want to do them or not, that they're probably do more harm than good, I would think, but. Well, here's a suggestion, as if anyone ever wants my suggestions. Yeah. But if um, if we want to do something with all the time and money and energy that it costs to debate this, to print it, to get the wording right, whatever, what we could do is um, we could have the different areas find out where their dark districts are, where the rural communities are, where are there people that are trying to get sober and legitimately don't have a meeting, you know, the meeting is 30, 40, 50 miles from where they are. And you could support those people and go to them, maybe try to help them start a meeting, take them literature, write with them. I don't know, anything. That's too much work for some. Energy, effort. People are getting sober and staying sober with the book. Yeah. That's too much work, Shank. Instead, I'll sit up in my office somewhere and create a pamphlet for those folks that I'm never going to use. And then I can say that I I did something that helped you do 12-step work. I created something that helps you do direct services while I'm doing indirect services. All right. Hey, listen, All we're right. going to uh, – we're going to uh, – Instead of doing meeting shrapnel, we're going to do pamphlet shrapnel. Pamphlet shrapnel. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go through the 11 pamphlets that we've covered this season and decide whether we want to keep them or, uh, or scrap them. So we're going to try to have a little fun with this, keep an open mind. Uh, what's the first pamphlet? All right. Pamphlet number one. Episode one was problems other than alcohol. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Max. What do you think? Well, so this is a pamphlet that I think has some really good uh, information in it. I think it's relevant. It's timeless. Uh, I think that uh, it tells you who who can be a member and who can't be a member. It's very specific and direct. 
if you don't have an alcohol problem, you can't be a member of AA. Uh, you know, and if you have other problems, so if you got a drug problem or a mental health problem or a, a financial problem or a religious problem or a lifestyle problem or any other problem, as long as you have an alcohol problem, you can be a member of AA. And I think the pamphlet's real clear on that. So I, yeah, I, I like it. I'm keeping it. You're keeping it? I'm going to yep. keep it as well. All right. Keep that on your literature rack, everyone. If you don't yep. have it on your literature rack, get one going. Yeah. Yep. All right. Pamphlet shrapnel number two, episode two, was Many Paths to Spirituality. Oh, my goodness. What do you think? Well, so the funny thing about that, on Jindy did this one. And the, the One of the most memorable things to me about this season was when she said that her sponsor told her to put her cigarettes under the bed. To pray. <laughs> <laughs> but when she went to bed, I always heard it as shoes. But she said, yeah, cigarettes, cigarettes under the bed. And when I get up in the morning, I got to have a cigarette. So I get down there to get them and I pray. I, I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway, this is another one to me that uh, I think it was already covered. I think We Agnostics clearly covers it in our book, Alcoholics Anonymous. I think some of the stories in the back of the book cover it. Um, we came out with a book. The Grapevine came out with a book. I think it was in the 70s or 80s called Came to Believe that has so many stories in it about agnostics and atheists and people that didn't believe. And I uh, I, I remember all the, the debate and argument that came about in the fellowship about this pamphlet. And... Uh, I personally think it's unnecessary. I just find it interesting. Like, this pamphlet, the way it is written is good. The information is not bad. Yeah. It just seems to me, um, in my limited experience with the pamphlets, that we're, we're, we're trying to get as many people in AA as possible. Which... I'm not saying that people should not be able to come into AA and recover from alcoholism, but it's like we're convincing them to come in and stay. Right. And here's extra literature and extra literature and another pamphlet and another this and another that. And at least in my experience of sponsoring women, if I, which I have, okay, like I've, I've said it on this podcast before. I was like, I was a reformer for a while and I was like getting people sober and I was saying, you know, well, look at this and look at this and look at this in your life, and that's chaotic. And da 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 da. But when it, those people either got a new sponsor or didn't stay sober, and I'm not saying that is because of me, but I am saying that they were looking for any reason to get the heck out of right out of AA. So nothing yeah. I ever said or did was going to convince them to stay. That's exactly right. You know, so. I think the book does a really good job. There have been times in my sobriety where I just go back through and read We Agnostics, either with someone or on my own because I'm struggling in my relationship with God, you know, like, uh -huh. 
at times. It's not that I don't believe in God. It's not, it's definitely not what it used to be. But you know, when I'm just like, man, <laughs> when am I gonna catch a break here? Like, what the heck? And I go back and reading that, and I'm like, wow. This is okay. I can still stay sober. I can still be a member of AA. I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm not a bad AA member at 10 years because sometimes I've changed course on my relationship with God. Yep. It's fine. Great. You can scrap it. You can be doubtful and confused and it's fine. I think we scrap it or I'm scrapping it. You're going to scrap it? I'm scrapping it. Yep. All right. All right. What's next? Pamphlet shrapnel number three. <laughs> Question and answers on sponsorship. Oh, yeah. See, this is another one that it's a topic that's pertinent to all alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Not just a specific group. So I think there's a. Uh, the majority of the pamphlet, just critiquing it, is, is very good information. I think there's a few things in there that aren't my experience, but I uh, I think that the, the pamphlet does a good job of telling people what sponsorship is and what it isn't. I really like the section on what sponsorship isn't. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and um, I uh, I like it. I think I think I'm going to keep it. What do you think, Shane? Well. As I was thinking about this, I was like, I don't know. They talk about helping other people in the book. But then I was reading through the pamphlet, um, and somewhere in there it references, like, you know, usually when you hear of a sponsor, it's, like, financial backing. And I do remember when I first got here, I was being told home group, sponsor, whatever, and I'm just like, okay, I don't know what that means. Someone explained to me, oh, it's someone that helps you through the steps. They share their experience with you. But it was still kind of like a little jumbled in my mind. Because in the book, it just, does it ever say sponsor or sponsee? Not in the first 164, no. So then I was like, okay, I'm coming around to this. I'm coming around to this. Um, and in one of the lines in the sponsorship pamphlet, it says, an AA sponsor and sponsored meet as equals, just as Bill and Dr. Bob did. Essentially, the process of sponsorship is this. An alcoholic who has made some progress in the recovery program shares that experience on a continuous, individual basis with another alcoholic who is attempting to attain or maintain sobriety through AA. So you should have stopped right there. Beautiful. Maybe I'm rethinking my... But I do... I kind of reread through some of it and it came around to... Yes, I want to keep this one, just because I do think it can be confusing. I mean, I, I I kind of, like, went back to when I was a kid, and I did jump rope for heart, and you had to get, like, <laughs> people to sponsor you, right. you know? and they're like, okay, if you do it for this long, we'll give you $5, or, and I'm like, well, whatever knowledge I had or didn't have. I was kind of thinking of that, so I say keep it. We're going to keep it? Mm-hmm. All right. Wow! The uh, next pamphlet shrapnel is Can Newcomer Ask? Yep. Oh. Episode 4 with White Chip Chad. White Chip Chad, a newcomer asks. 
What do you think about this one, Shane? It just seemed really, really, really repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and even the info in it, it's a very short pamphlet. Yeah. Compared to some of them. Even the info in it was just kind of... I mean, it, it's the same info that's in, what, all those other ones I rattled off. Yes. Where'd those things go? This is AA. Is AA for you? Is AA for me? Brief guide to AA? Frequently asked questions about AA? AA at a glance? I mean... Well, and, and okay. <laughs> I personally would not... I didn't want anyone to really know I was new when I came in. I know that's not everyone's experience, I, but, like, please don't make me read something yeah. that calls me out on just getting started on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. And here's a question. Have have, have we ever used it? I've never used it. Have no, you? No. Well. I'm going to. Scrap uh, it. Huh? Scrap yeah. it. It's out of here. It's out of here. What's next? The next one is pamphlet shrapnel number five. This is AA. <laughs> Need we say more? <laughs> Which one do you want to keep out of this is AA, the question right. is AA for me, is AA for you? You know what's interesting about it? So I, I looked at, I know you had too. I looked at a lot of these yesterday and today. The one called frequently asked questions about AA. It's not one that I've seen a lot of, but yeah, it has, it has everything in it. It does. So I'm thinking like, why do we need all these other ones? So, um, the info in all of them. And most of them is pretty good. Mm-hmm. The info in that this is AA is good, um, but I. Um, at what point do you say one of them's unnecessary? I think I'd scrap this one, or keep it and scrap all the others. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, so the next one, six. Pamphlet shrapnel number six is the AA group. Right. So, okay, let me just read you. Okay, from the This Is AA, this would be meeting shrapnel five. Right. We are not reformers, and we are not allied with any group, cause, or religious denomination. We have no wish to dry up the world. We do not recruit new members, but we do welcome them. We do not impose our experience with problem drinking on others, but we do share it when we are asked to do so. All right. Okay. Episode 6, Shrapnel 6, the AA group. Our society, therefore, will prudently cleave to its single purpose, the carrying of the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Let us resist the proud assumption that since God has enabled us to do well in one area, we are destined to be a channel of saving grace for everyone. Yeah. So, so wouldn't it make sense for our fellowship to be keep it simple, 
to use our own term. And I would think so, yes. To, to have one pamphlet or just a, a, a few pamphlets that cover everything instead of having all these different pamphlets? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I guess out of the two, do you want to keep either of these? Um, I'd be inclined to keep the AA group. Okay. Scrap this is AA. That's me. What do you think? The AA group does have a lot of information about it specifically to, um, I would say, autonomy. Yes. Of the groups. Right. So, I, I think that I like the way This Is AA is written a bit better, if I'm remembering correctly. I just kind of skimmed over them this morning. But it is very, very, very repetitive to what is in the big book. Right. So, I can be on board scrapping five, This Is AA, keeping six, the AA group. Okay. Is that your is that your final answer? I think we're gonna I think we're gonna scrap this as AA and we're gonna keep the AA group. Nice. What's next? Next we have Pamphlet Shrapnel number seven, episode seven. Do you think you're different? Yes. If you've been listening this entire time, <laughs> this may be the one to keep instead of all the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be my, I mean, if I get completely honest, I think we could scrap all of them. I don't think any of the pamphlets are necessary personally, but <laughs> I, I've been keeping an open mind and being a little gentle, uh, but I think the book is all we need just to be clear yes i would be inclined to agree but not everyone you know has had my experience Uh, i tend to think oh this is a hot take i tend to think it is the um classically educated members of alcoholics anonymous that need all this extra 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 right um which, hey, if you're smart, you can be here too, baby. That's right. But. Well, I so I think that if we were going to keep this one, then we could scrap all the other specialized ones. Because I think this one would cover everybody. Yes. Well, right? and like the first line is we have found it unwise to limit our AA circle to folks exactly like ourselves. Yep. Boom. How about that? What more do you need to know? I love that. Covers it all. Covers it all. We are all different. We are all pretty special people. We're going to keep seven. I say keep it. All right, let's keep it. What's next? The next one is uh, Pamphlet Shrapnel, number eight, Behind the Walls. We can get rid of this. I just don't I, find it that... 
I agree. I, I've taken these into the prison facilities. I've taken them in recently. Yeah. You know? Um, Scrap. It's just not necessary. No. It's not. And even this one, they've got a couple of others that are like duplicates, don't they? Yes. There's, it sure beats sitting in a cell. I believe that's the big blue one. Yeah. Um, and there's another one too. What is the book? There's that book. uh, Yes. Yeah. It just has Uh, stories in it. Yes. Which, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even it, yeah, even it makes people, you know, it kind of says, hey, you're different because you're locked up. Mhm. Well, not really. Not really. All right. What's next, Shane? All right. Pamphlet shrapnel number nine. We have the God Word. God. Here's another one. I don't know. I go back to kind of the one on many paths of spirituality. I think the the book is very clear. As a matter of fact, I think it's beautifully written in We Agnostics. It already says, hey, half of the membership were atheist and agnostic. It's not a big deal. So you can recover. And, and are there other pamphlets? that are also geared toward atheist, agnostic, God, spirituality. Are well, there others? Okay, so we scrapped many, many paths of spirituality. That was the light version of the God Word. It came okay. out first. Okay. And before that, came to believe, the book Came to Believe came out by the grapevine. That's okay. That was designed for people that didn't believe. Um, stories in the back of the big book. There were stories in, there's stories in the back of the big book of non-believers. The chapter we agnostic. And it says when we speak to you the word God, we mean your own conception of God. So it, it's, it's, it's addressed. They're not trying to trick you. Maybe they were, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, we act like it's new and, you know, it, it's not. I could see. Hmm. I mean, I tend to think that in today's AA, that um, it seems more anti-religion. Now, no doubt. You know, we're not. We're just weird. AA is not religious, but believe whatever you want or don't believe believe in something higher than yourself but if it's God great if it's not fine so I would be interested to know if there will ever be a pamphlet in development or if there is now like AA for the religious person AA for the Christian the whatever like used to be secular and it isn't now it's a very good question because I could see someone religious sitting in a meeting being like, okay, this is weird that they're talking about God this way. They pick up maybe this pamphlet and they're like, wait a minute, this still seems a little weird. Yep. Yep. 
it's a it's a dumb title. It's a dumb. It's it's. I'm not uh, someone who's ever struggled with the idea of God and or a higher power. I think the book has a does a really great job. Yep. For grab and go, maybe, but I just this pamphlet just just reiterates things that are in the book, in my opinion. Yeah, and you would think if you're really desperate when you get here, arguing over words is the least of your problems. You would think. Yeah, and yeah. Scrap it. You got you got bigger issues. Scrap. All right. What's the next one? Pamphlet Shrapnel Number 10. Episode 10, Understanding Anonymity. Well, to me, this one was um, well-written. It's a topic that affects all alcoholics. And I thought that it... um, it's kind of like the problems other than alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's very specific in what anonymity is and what anonymity isn't. There's even things in there about what anonymity is that a lot of the fellowship doesn't like. So that's kind of why they discount it a little bit. Yeah. Especially when it talks about you can you should say your last name in a meeting. But anyway, um, I think it's a good pamphlet. I think everybody should read it. Yeah, I really like this one. I think the information was really good. I did not understand anonymity or care to for a while in my sobriety. I knew that I didn't want to tell anyone I was an alcoholic. That's all I knew about it. But I think that this one was really helpful. Yep. Keep it. Keep it. Oh, man. See there? We don't scrap everything. All right, what's the last one? The last one, pamphlet shrapnel number 11, episode 11, a member's eye view. <laughs> All right. So I think in the spirit of the Jack Alexander article mm-hmm. that we keep this one because it was it's it's really part of our history. It was yep. a talk that was given um some of the information in it, I'm like, okay, whatever. But a lot of it, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. It's historical. The interesting thing about it is when you read it, you can act. So he he gave that talk, and it was not Bill Wilson. A lot of people think it was Bill Wilson. It was not Bill Wilson. It was another guy named Alan. And when he gave it in the 60s, when you read it, you can see where some of like some of the jargon and philosophy of the day, like it, it yeah. they were doing it back then. Yeah. But the thing yeah. I like about it is that he addresses a lot of the issues that we think are new today, right? He talks about it's okay to be agnostic and atheist. It's okay to not believe. You'll come around to believe in something. Yeah. And if you read the, those pamphlets we just scrapped, all those folks actually came to believe in something, even though they claimed they didn't. That's right. He, Yep. He addresses anonymity in it. He addresses people that don't take action. He addresses two steppers. He I mean it's just it's just a great great pamphlet. I I think that even just for the historical value we should keep it. 
We're keeping it. Right. All right, so we kept, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. We kept six. And we scrapped five. Scrapped five. How about we that? We kept more than we scrapped, which is probably should be written down somewhere. It should be documented somewhere <laughs> that we're not we're not complete shrapnel assassins. That's right. All right. All right. Well, Shank, been a good episode. It's been a great episode. Those six pamphlets that we scrapped, or actually the five that we scrapped, stop carrying them in your in your in your group. I'm I'm just joking. Do what you need to do. Hey, if you um, like them, that's on you. Please email us and let us know. That's right. If you want us to cover anything else or got questions, email us or uh, hit us up on the social media. Appreciate y'all listening. And remember, um, because of 12 Steps and the book Alcoholics Anonymous, we've been able to become free. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode. Mm-hmm.